Welcome to Zichud Avsim, my name is Avram Goldhai, and today we're going to sukkah, the second parak, Hayashin Tachaz Amita. So the three topics we're going to focus on, number one. The next Mishnah states, Sukkah Hamuduvrelas, Veshiz Silas Maruba Machamasa Kashera, a sukkah that is Muduvrelas, and whose shade exceeds its light is kosher. The Gemara asks what Muduvrelas means, and Rav said, Sukkah Ania, it means a meager sukkah, meaning one that's covered with a thin layer of schach, with many gaps between the various reeds. Rashi explains that no single gap is three tefakim or wider. Shmuel said, Kana olava kana yored. The mission refers to a sukkah whose schach is arranged so that one reed is up and one reed is down. That is, the schach is staggered so that every other reed is laid at one level, while the reeds in between are laid at a higher level. Rashi explains that because of this arrangement, the sukkah is more sunlit than shaded. The mission is coming to teach that the sukkah is nonetheless kosher, since the sukkah would be more shaded than sunlit if all the schach were on the same level. Point number two, regarding Shmuel's understanding that the sukkah muduvrelis is a sukkah with staggered schach, Abai said that the sukkah is only kosher when there is not a gap of three tefachim between the upper and lower schach. But if there is a gap of three tefachim, the sukkah's puzzle for the two levels of schach cannot be viewed as joined together. Rush explains that the sukkah is possible because the sunlight of either of its two separate roofs exceeds the shade. Rava said that three tefachim of open space only puzzles in a case when each of the reeds of the upper level is not a tefach wide. But if each of the reeds of the upper level is a tefach wide, it is kosher, the Amrin Rami. For we then say, lower and cast the upper reed upon the space below. Chavod is a halacha moshmisina that when a covering is situated directly over a gap in a roof below, the covering, no matter how high up, is viewed as if it were lowered and resting on the gap below, effectively closing it. Rav asserts that Chavod applies only if the covering is at least a tefach wide, in which case the covering is wide enough to constitute an ohel in its own right. And point number three, the Mishnah said, Amu'uba kimin bayis, afu bishayin a kochavim nirim mitocha kashera, a sukkah that is thickly covered like a house, even though the stars cannot be seen from inside it, is kosher. It was taught in a b'raisa, in kochve chamen nirim mitocha, beisham eposun beisil makshirim. If the schach is so thick that even the rays of the sun cannot be seen from inside the sukkah, Beishamah puzzles the sukkah and Beishil is makshirin. Rashi explains that according to Beishamah, a sukkah with such thick schach is not like a sukkah at all. It's rather like a house, which is certainly puzzled for the mitzvah. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah states, Sukkah muduvrelas v'shisilas maruba mechamasa kashera. A sukkah that is muduvrelas and whose shade exceeds its light is kosher. The Gura asks what muduvrelas means, and Rav said, Sukkah niya, it means a meager sukkah, meaning one that's covered with a thin layer of schach with many gaps between the various reeds. Rashi explains that no single gap is three tefachim or wider. Shmuel said, kana olava kana yored. The mission refers to a sukkah whose schach is arranged so that one reed is up and one reed is down. That is, the schach is staggered so that every other reed is laid at one level, while the reeds in between are laid at a higher level. Rashi explains that because of this arrangement, the sukkah is more sunlit than shaded. The mission is coming to teach that the sukkah is nonetheless kosher since the sukkah would be more shaded than sunlit if all the schach we're on the same level. Point number two, regarding Shmuel's understanding that the sukkah mudavlaus is a sukkah with staggered schach, Abai said that the sukkah is only kosher when there is not a gap of three tefachim between the upper and lower schach. But if there is a gap of three tefachim, the sukkah is possible, for the two levels of schach cannot be viewed as joined together. Rashi explains that the sukkah is possible because the sunlight of either of its two separate roofs exceeds the shade. Rava said that three tefachim of open space 
only puzzles in a case when each of the reeds of the upper level is not a tefach wide. But if each of the reeds of the upper level is a tefach wide, it is kosher. For we then say, lower and cast the upper reed upon the space below. When a covering is situated directly over a gap in a roof below, the covering, no matter how high up, is viewed as if it were lowered and resting on the gap below, effectively closing it. Rav asserts that Chavod applies only if the covering is at least a tefach wide, in which case the covering is wide enough to constitute an ohel in its own right. And pointing between the mission state, that is thickly covered like a house, even though the stars cannot be seen from inside it, is kosher. It was taught in a b'raisa, if the schach is so thick that even the rays of the sun cannot be seen from inside the sukkah, Beishamai passes the sukkah and Beishil is makshur. Rashi explains that according to Beishamai, sukkah with such a thick schach is not like a sukkah at all. It's rather like a house, which is certainly puzzle for the mitzvah. All right, so now we go to our simver dafchabes, and our standard simon is a cab, a taxi cab, a cab. So here goes. When the cab crashed into the sukkah muduvrelis with the staggered schach, the upper reeds that were a tefach thick collapsed in between the lower reeds, making the sukkah dark like a house. Once again, it's slow motion. When the cab, cab, that must be more duff, chabes. When the cab crashed into the sukkah muduvrelis with the staggered schach, which reminds us, the next mission states, sukkah muduvrelis v'shesilas maruba mechamasa kashera sukkah, that is muduvrelis and whose shade exceeds its light, it's kosher. Rav said that it's a sukkah aniyah. It means a meager sukkah, one that's covered with a thin layer of schach with many gaps between the various reeds, but no gap is three tefachim wide. Shmuel said the mission refers to a sukkah whose schach is arranged so that one reed is up and one reed is down. And because of this arrangement, the sukkah is more sunlit than shaded. The mission is coming to teach that the sukkah is nonetheless kosher since the sukkah would be more shaded than sunlit if all the schach were on the same level. So when the cab crashed into the sukkah muduvrelis with the staggered schach, the upper reeds that were a tefach thick collapsed in between the lower reeds, which reminds us, regarding Shmuel's understanding that the sukkah muduvrelis is a sukkah with staggered schach, Abai said that the sukkah is only kosher when there isn't a gap of three tefachim between the upper and lower schach. But if there is a gap of three tefachim, the sukkah is puzzle, but the two levels of schach cannot be viewed as joined together. Rava said that three tefachim of open space is kosher if the reeds of the upper level are tefach wide, the For then we say, lower and cast the upper reed upon the space below. Rava asserts that the chavod only applies if the covering is at least a tefach wide, in which case the covering is wide enough to constitute an oil in its own right. So when the cab crashed into the sukkah muduvrelis with the staggered schach, the upper reeds that were a tefach thick collapsed in between the lower reeds, making the sukkah Dark like a house. Which reminds us that the Mishnah stated, that is thickly covered like a house, even though the stars cannot be seen from inside it, is kosher. But it was taught in a brisa. If the schach is so thick that even the rays of the sun cannot be seen from inside the sukkah, Beishamai puzzles the sukkah and Beishel is makshir. Rashi explains that according to Beishamai, a sukkah with such thick schach is not like a sukkah at all. It's rather like a house, which is certainly puzzle for the mitzvah. So once again, when the cab crashed into the sukkah muduvrelis with the staggered schach, the upper reeds that were a tefach thick collapsed in between the lower reeds, making the sukkah dark like a house. All right, now it's time for a four blabat chazara. Daf yud ches, so the simmer daf yud ches is a chuppah. So here goes. When the chasen who proudly designed his chuppah, chuppah, that must be more on daf yud ches. When the chasen who proudly designed his chuppah as a large sukkah, with three tefachim of open space, closed in a bit with spits, which reminds us that Abai said that an open space of three tefachim in the schach of a large sukkah 
can be reduced with sticks, which are valtzchach, or with spits, which are puzzle, since the gap now lacks the width which we tfachim necessary to puzzle the sukkah. However, in a small sukkah, which is only 7 by 7 tfachim, if you reduce it with spits, it is not effective since the open space and spits together form a gap in the schach of 3 tfachim, therefore they're significant enough to be regarded as separate from the schach, and the valtzchach lacks the requisite dimensions of 7 by 7 tfachim. So when the Chassan who proudly designed his chuppah as a large sukkah, with three tfakim of open space closed in a bit with spits, was challenged by his father on whether lavut applies in the middle, which reminds us, which reminds us there's a malchuk is whether yesh lavut be'emsa. The one who says yesh lavut be'emsa brings a riot from two protruding koras, two beams in the mavli that don't meet in the middle, but there's less than three tfakim between them, and that works. The one who says ain lavut be'emsa brings a riot from tuma opposite a small aruba, a skylight, where the bias is deemed tahor. So, when the chassan who proudly designed his chuppah as a large sukkah, with three tfachim of open space, closed in a bit with spits, was challenged by his father-in-law whether Lovett applies in the middle, the call ran out embarrassed and hid on the porch covered in schach that had no columns. Which reminds us of one place schach on a porch, she'engel petzimin, that does not have columns that are placed at intervals less than three tfachim wide. Abai says the sukkah's kosher amrinim pitikri yord vesosim, because we say that the edge of the roof extends downwards and seals, meaning the edge of each porch, is viewed as extending downward to form the sukkah's requisite partitions. Rav says the sukkah's possible because he holds lo amrinim pitikri yord vesosim. Dafyutes, so the symbol of is a yacht. So here goes. The adults on the homeward yacht trip, yacht trip, that must be more on Dafyutes. The adults on the Chomod Yatrip enjoyed sitting on deck, in the shade under the psal that protruded outside the sukkahs, which reminds us, a ton atop, psal yotz min sukkah, nidun kasukkah psal, referring to schach that sticks out of the sukkah, is treated like a sukkah. Ula said this refers to sticks of schach that extend behind the sukkah, and one might have thought that since its walls were initially for the interior of the main sukkah, and were not made for the extension, which is outside, one could argue the extension does not have valid walls. The Bryce is coming to teach that it is valid. And Rabbi Rav Yosef said they were dealing with sticks of schach that protrude in front of the sukkah. And one wall extends along with You might have said that it doesn't have the requirements of a valid sukkah. The Bryce is teaching us that it's valid since the protruding section is not regarded as separate from the sukkah. Two more interpretations are given. So the adults on the Cholamoad yacht trip enjoyed sitting on deck in the shade under the psal that protruded outside the sukkahs while the kids playing hide-and-go-seek hid in the sukkah that leaned against the wall. Which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, Haosa Sukkasov can mean three. If one makes a suk like a conical hut, or Shesmachla Kosa, or he leaned it against a wall, Rabbi Eliezer rules in either case that it's possible because it has no roof. The Chami rule that it's coached because they hold Shipua Olim Koohim Damu. Sloping roofs are considered roofs. It was taught in a brace, and Rabbi Eliezer agrees that if he raised a sukkah that leaned against the wall, a tefach off the ground, or distanced it a tefach from the wall and supported with pegs, then it is kosher. So the adults on the Cholamoad Yatrip enjoyed sitting on deck in the shade under the psal that protruded outside the sukkahs, while the kids playing hide-and-go-seek hid in the sukkah that leaned against the wall, and in another one that had small reed mats that were typically for reclining. Which reminds the next mission introduced to Malchus being the Chami and Rebbe regarding when large and small mats, Machasolos, can be used as chach. Davchaf, so the summer Davchaf is a cafe. So here goes. The leather bag cafe, cafe, that must be more in Dav. Chaf. The leather bag cafe, which reminds us, the Gemara brings a mission in the 80s that taught, Kol chotzolos metamin tumay meis divi Rabbi Dosa. Rabbi Dosa says that all chotzolos are makabal tumas meis, and the chamim are understood to say they are also makabal tumas midras. Chotzolos are defined as leather bags. Rashi explains that shepherds use them for pillows when they lie down to rest. Rabbi Dosa holds that since this is not their primary use, and shepherds are not encouraged to lie down on the job, they are not makabal tumas midras. Rashi says they are makhotzolos mamish, real math. 
So, the Leather Bag Cafe, where guests occasionally sat on mats to regal and forgotten Torah from the newly arrived sages from Bavel, which reminds us of how Rish Lakish recalled Rebichia and his son's pshat in the machos between Ridosa and the Chami by first mentioning three times the Torah was forgotten and was retaught by those that came from Bavel. The first one by Ezra Sofer, then Hillel Azakain, and then Rebichia and his sons. And Rebichia and his sons said that Ridosa and the Chami are arguing over mats that most people do not designate for sitting on. Rebidosa holds that they are not makamu to Masmidras, and the Chamim hold that since some people occasionally sit on them, they are makabal to Masmidras. So the Leatherback Cafe, where guests occasionally sit on mats to relearn forgotten Torah from the newly arrived sages from Bavel, organized beds in their sukkah restaurant on Sukkos for really tired guests to sleep under, which reminds us. The opening mission of the second barrack states, Hayashin Chovaso, one who sleeps under the bed in a sukkah has not fulfilled his chiyuv to dwell in a sukkah. Rashi explains that the bed serves as an independent oil and is a barrier between him and the sukkah. Rabbi Yudah said, it was our practice that we would sleep under the bed in the sukkah in the presence of the zakanim, and they didn't say a word in protest. The Gemara will explain that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the bed is considered an ohel arai, a temporary dwelling. A temporary shelter doesn't supersede the permanent shelter of the sukkah. Davchafalov, so the simmer Davchafalov is a car pronounced ka by people from Boston. So here goes. The kids in the ka, ka, that must be one Davchafalov. The kids in the ka taking a tour through the Tower Safari Park, who are on the lookout for naturally formed ohels, burrowed by weasels, which reminds Rebuta learns that ko ohel, she'ena asubide adam, ain't an ohel. Any ohel that's not made by man is not an ohel with regard to tuma from a gazer shava, Based on the word ohel, just as the ohel in the case of the Mishkan refers to an ohel made by man, so to here in the case of Tuma, the term ohel refers to a shelter made by man. The Rabbanan dispute Rabbi Yudan ruled that even a naturally formed oil, such as one burled by a weasel, transmit Tuma. They learned it from the repetitive expressions of ohel, ohel, written in the context of Tuma, that it comes to include the law of Tuma, even by naturally formed ohel. So the kids in the Ka taking a tour through the Tahor Safari Park, who were on the lookout for naturally formed ohels, burled by weasels, were astonished when they saw wide-bellied oxen carrying children down to a stream, which reminds us the more questions whether Rabbi Yehuda indeed holds that ko'ohel she'eno asubide adam eno o'ohel, citing a mission from Parah about the children raised in purity, so they eventually could draw water for the ikon involved in the paraduma. The Tanakhama holds they rode on top of doors that were on top of oxen as they went down to the stream so they could not become tamim, and Rabbi Yehuda said, they would not bring down doors, but rather wide-bellied oxen. It was these oxen that shielded the children from any tumors. We see from here that Rebuta rules that the naturally formed ohel by the oxen's back constitutes an ohel. When Rebdimi came from Eretz Israel, he said in the name of Lazar, Mod Rabbi Yehuda, agrees in the case of a naturally formed ohel that is large as a fist, that it is deemed an ohel. So the kids in the Ka taking a tour through the Tahor Safari Park, who were on the lookout for naturally formed oils, burled by weasels, were astonished when they saw wide-bellied oxen carrying children down to a stream, being led by two Tamil Chachamim involved in casual. Which reminds the Gemara as Menayin Shafil Sichas Tamil Chachamim Sri from where we know that even the casual conversation of Tamil Chachamim requires study, for it is stated, Va'alehu Yibo, and whose leaves do not wither. Leaves are the lightest part of the tree, representing a Tamil Chachamim's casual speech, and they do not wither, but endure. Alright, so that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Goldham Zichu, wishing you a great day and great learning.